1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us on another special edition of the Ducks Unlimited podcast. We're bringing you some more information today. Uh, We record this on November 15th, on Friday, November 15th, where we we are bringing you another special guest uh, to talk about... What we're hearing from some of our state waterfowl biologists, from some of the surveys that they're conducting about bird movements, bird numbers, uh, sort of the status of migration throughout uh, different parts of, of the country. And for this episode, we are joined by Aaron Yetter, waterfowl ecologist with the Forbes Biological Station, Illinois Natural History Survey. And he's going to share with us some results fresh off the press. Aaron, welcome to the DU podcast.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having
1: me. Aaron, tell us a little bit about the survey. Uh, well, I guess first I'll say you're, you are based out of Havana, Illinois, right? That's correct. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about the survey, this aerial waterfowl survey that we're going to talk about. Uh, how frequently is it conducted? How do you conduct it? And, uh, and where is it conducted?
0: So we fly a cruise style survey where we um, just fly around the uh, refuges of the uh, Illinois River and central Mississippi River from um, Grafton to uh, up by the Quad Cities. And um, we fly once a week from September through the first week of January to determine uh, waterfowl abundance on these surveys. Um, we differ from other states such as Louisiana and Arkansas and Mississippi that fly line transect surveys, um, we have, yet to, to be able to, uh, uh, to implement a statistically valid survey, so we just fly the uh, the traditional cruise-style surveys around the refuges.
1: And that cruise-style survey, uh, we covered this a little bit with Larry when we had him on earlier this week. Uh, that cruise-style survey is basically you go to these areas where you've identified large concentrations of waterfowl that are... that. Uh, consistently have large concentrations of waterfowl, and you do your your best to enumerate all of those birds. So, uh, you you don't really need to extrapolate beyond that. You can extrapolate beyond that. These are an attempt to obtain a complete count of the birds within those defined survey areas, and so um, that's that's a, that's a key difference, right? That, that's
0: correct. And we've done the same uh, the same thing. The same or for the most part. The same wetlands. Um, that Frank Belrose started this survey in 1948. We've done the same thing for 71 years, Um, now flying the same refuges, the same uh, time of year, and almost the same aircraft for the last 40 years. So um, everything is standardized. There's only been four observers over this period that have uh, have done the surveys. And um, so we try to generate a trend instead of a population estimate.
1: That's a remarkable data set and a remarkable um, maintenance of a survey over such a long period of time. And uh, we'll have you back on at some other point to discuss all of that in more detail and what that what that data set, that long record of of data really is telling you about what you're seeing within those areas that you survey. uh, We'll look forward to that sometime in the future, but back to the survey at hand, you mentioned a couple of places that just, for those that aren't familiar with Illinois, you said the survey is conducted on the Illinois River from Grafton up to the Quad Cities. Now, if I remember correctly, Grafton is there around St. Louis, right? And then Illinois River goes sort of northeast through the state and gets up close to Chicago. Is that, how far up, how close to Chicago do you get with this survey? Um, We're several
0: we hundred or one hundred fifty miles west of the of Chicago it's the the big bend of the river Illinois River at hennepin so uh, the that sort the Illinois River survey goes from Hennepin down to uh, uh which is near oh I don't know fifty miles north of the confluence, of the Illinois and Mississippi River at Grafton. the uh, we commence up the Mississippi River then from Grafton to uh, just below Muscatine, Iowa, um, uh, near the which is just below the Quad Cities or around the Quad Cities.
1: Well, let's get right into your results. Tell us what was what were some of the interesting observations you made yesterday? I guess it would be.
0: Well, we had, um, as everyone in the in the Midwest, we had the the major snowstorm and uh, on Armistice Day, Veterans Day on Monday, um, and temperatures plummeted from. Uh, well, I think we started out that morning about 35 degrees and plummeted to the next morning. The low was five degrees in Peoria, Illinois. So we had a major weather system move in, several inches of snow and ensuing and cold temperatures froze uh, a lot of the wetlands, uh, especially on the Illinois. Um, and and we had a departure of, uh, of a pretty big number of the non-mallard uh, dabbling ducks and, and some of the divers.
1: You know, I, I noticed... Uh, a Facebook post uh, i guess the Forbes biological station with whom you work there y'all you have your own Facebook page and you post these results and you do you include quite a bit of an, a narrative around the the results and i think it might have been the previous res, uh, survey results you talked about uh, radar indicated movements of birds out of uh, out of those some of those areas uh, around where you're doing the surveys, and you even referenced uh, Dr. Ben O'Neill and, and his work to interpret some of that radar, and it's interesting that you did that because we, uh, well, I took note of that because we had uh, had been on earlier in some of these episodes to talk about some of his urban mallard research, so uh, that partnership that you guys have there, it, it uh, it's uh, staying strong, and that's good to see. Uh, I'm looking at the results here printout print out from the data uh, yesterday, the survey yesterday, and uh, one of the big takeaways for me when we're looking across this entire survey area the number of mallards uh, was estimated to be around 370,000 and if you go back a week prior to November, about approximately a week prior on November 5th, uh, date of the previous survey, total number of mallards that you counted in that survey region was 40,000. So, you went from 40,000 on the way up to 370. Uh, tell us what, what you think was, obviously, the weather's driving some of that, but are there any other things that are happening up there uh, influencing those numbers? Sure. Um, the, those numbers that you're repre- or that you're talking about are from the, the Mississippi
0: or Central Mississippi River region, and uh, a, a big portion of those birds came from the from between um, Clarksville, Missouri, and St. Louis or Grafton, Illinois. Um, and what happened was there there was a movement of birds in with with the weather pattern. Uh, we noticed. Uh, more diving ducks last week or yesterday than we did the week before so and uh, definitely more mallards uh, but i think the, one of the bigger things was that the central's duck hunting zone in missouri opened on saturday november 9th and the the recent high water that has been along the mississippi has had to had all these mallards and and ducks scattered around and that opener forced uh, the ducks out of those duck clubs and into the refuges where I normally fly. So, I, I think I definitely think that we had a movement of birds in, but I think the bigger increase was uh, was the uh, movement of birds out of the hunting areas into the
1: refuges. Are some of the survey regions along uh, that you that you fly over that you count? Are they are they hunted or are, are all of these refuges? The um, the areas that I fly are all. Um, are all
0: refuges. Uh, now they they may have a hunting area adjacent to it. Um, for instance, Ted Shanks um, um, Conservation Area in Missouri is uh, is is hunted um, uh, pretty extensively, but they they designate portions of the area to uh, as a refuge, and so the the birds will obviously stack up in those refuges, and uh, very little uh, bird abundance on the, on the actual hunted areas because the hunters are in there every day. Yeah.
1: And, and do you count the, the non sanctuary areas or just the, this would reflect only those areas that are uh, designated sanctuary. Am I understanding that right? It kind
0: of varies. Some of the, you know, the national wildlife refuges, um, Clarence Cannon, for instance, uh, there is no hunting on that refuge. So I count the entire area, uh, fly the entire area. I, um, and, in some of the private duck clubs, um, they have like Darden and Quiver down in St. Charles County, Missouri, um, those areas are are private refuges and the, and the hunting area adjacent to it. So once in a while the ducks will spill out into the hunted areas, but
1: for the most part they're they're in into the the, the defined refuges. Those ducks are pretty smart when it comes to figuring out where they uh, where they get shot at and where they where they don't.
0: <laughs> yes, as uh, Tom Mormon said the other day, he was that um, doesn't take them long to figure out where uh, where they have sanctuary and where they. Where they don't.
1: Aaron, as you were flying the survey, uh, were there any other I mean, obviously we talked about the increase in mallards. were there any any noticeable decreases in uh, other species or notable increases in other species that, that caught your eye either while you were flying or after you you put all the numbers together? I haven't really reviewed
0: the the, the individual uh, birds from uh, last week. Uh, I would I would say we lost some ringneck ducks. Um, Probably
1: some gadwall as, too, right?
0: As, as gadwall and pintails. Uh, actually, pintails came up a little bit, but some of those uh, fair weather non mallard dabblers, uh, green winged teal, wigeon gadwall, shovelers um, uh, departed um, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking at some of the gadwall numbers here. They they stayed about the same. Um, so your gadwall stayed stayed with you. Um, what are you seeing in Well, let me before I get to that. Let me ask you: Is this do you consider consider this, or do you expect this to be about the peak count that you would have, or do you think there's still a good number of birds north of you that are going to be making their way down?
0: Um, uh, We're hopeful that there are um, still a bunch of mallards up in the up in the prairies, Um, but I haven't heard uh, reports or I haven't followed uh, Ducks Unlimited's migration reports enough to to know so. Um, we hope that there's more to come. Um, otherwise, we'll have some angry, angry duck hunters. Uh for the remainder of the duck season up
1: here. Well, it looks like there's a fair number of birds out there right now, and so hopefully uh, it look, it's well above the 10-year average, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, so bird numbers out there should be uh, fairly impressive. So uh, what what are you seeing, or what did you see with respect to the amount of ice that may be forming on some of these wetlands? I'm sure the rivers and streams are still open. What about some of the shallower water bodies? Are, are they starting to, to freeze up? Yeah, so some of the... Um, some of the areas that
0: where the river is is connected to the to the backwaters, it's still open water habitat uh, for the most part. Maybe a little bit of ice in the timber, but for the most part, there um, the the water remaining open there. However, when you get into some of the more protected areas like Clarence Cannon uh, Refuge, is completely behind a big ag levee. It was 90% ice, and and uh, National Wildlife Refuge was. Was also 90% ice, so that there was ice in a lot of places. We're supposed to we're about 40 degrees today here in Central Illinois, and uh, sunshine. So we're hoping that the that the ice is going to go away. But it's there were I uh, heard reports yesterday of two inches of ice at Emmaquon, uh, uh, the Emmaquon Preserve. So they were standing on the ice yesterday morning. So it's going to take. A little bit of sun before we thaw out
1: yeah and it's that time of year certainly where the temperature can vary and it can freeze a little bit at night then it can thaw back out and so you just kind of have to go through those fluctuations and you have to take advantage of the of the good fortune when you can, and and so y'all y'all have some birds out there right now. So, uh, would encourage the hunters to uh, to make hay while they can. That's right, Aaron. I think that's going to wrap it up for for this special episode. I want to thank you again for for coming on and sharing some of your insights. We will keep a watch on the reports out of your uh, out of your surveys uh, yet to come, and we'll probably try to reach out to you again and, and have you back on and discuss uh, discuss things later in the season. All right. Well, we'll wait for the phone call. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our special guest today, Aaron Yetter, waterfowl ecologist with the Forbes Biological Station, Illinois Natural History Survey. I appreciate him coming on and sharing some insights from the recently completed survey up there in that state. We also thank our producer, Clay Baird, who does a fantastic job getting these podcasts turned around and posted in a timely manner for you to listen to. And we thank you, the listener, for, uh, for your, your loyalty. We thank you for your passion and your commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. And we look forward to catching you on the next edition of the podcast.